Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. Today, we're going to be talking about Dora from a neuroscience and a coaching perspective. Power of Dora is very well understood in the Muslim community in general and very well taught but often it stays underutilized. This happens because we limit what we believe with our thinking, and we limit ourselves from what we can get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the limitations are from our thinking, not because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has any limitations. He is beyond limitations. My goal for this podcast is for you to be able to make dua with so much clarity, energy, and conviction that you blow your own mind. And today's podcast is going to be about finding that certainty. When I mean energy, conviction, and clarity, I mean your thoughts are in line with your feelings. You are believing the language with your mind and with the feelings in your body, and then making dora. And you do that by CTFAR, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Everything in life happens in one of those five categories. It always happens in that order. Circumstances outside of you do not cause your feelings, like stress or uncertainty. Your thoughts do. You have to create a clean energy and alignment when you take the action of making dua. Adjust the language in your mind until you find that conviction, that complete belief that Allah will answer that dua. Again, by alignment, I mean Actions match the thought and the feelings. Circumstances can be anything in your life. It could be easy circumstances or difficult. A child with autism, constant misunderstandings in the marriage, being in a difficult financial situation. In all of these circumstances, you could be making dua, meaning you could be taking action. You could be asking for a cure for your illness. Or you could be asking that your child be a successful independent citizen. You are asking for blessings in the marriage or asking for wealth. All of these doras are actions that you are taking. I have spoken about creating clean models before, which again just means that your actions are in line with the thoughts and the feelings. In this case, your actions of making dora is backed up by your complete certainty and belief in Allah that He will answer that dora. You are not in a clean model if you are suppressing or harboring any emotions secretly and making dua despite of them. Like in a case of a dua for health, you are making dua, but you are secretly believing it cannot happen. You cannot afford the treatment. You live in a rural area, and the treatment options are not available to you. You have disappointment and sadness being harbored, but you are taking action by pushing against them. So when it comes to CTFAR, Circumstance is the diagnosis, and action is making dua. The thought and the feeling does not match the action. You do believe at some level that Allah can answer any dua, but you're being realistic at the same time. You're pushing against disappointment. This is what we have to clean to create an alignment when we make dua. People say my duas are answered better when I'm in a test, when I'm cornered by a difficult circumstance in life. I find deeper, more meaningful connection with Allah when I'm in despair. That is the language I usually get. They tell me, 
My dua comes from a deeper place, more meaningful place, when I'm facing a difficulty. But I question this whole premise. Of course, you need power of emotions to make a connection with Allah, to make it more meaningful. But do they always have to be negative emotions? Have you ever tried making dua from true gratitude? When you're not in victim mentality, when you're not in despair, who says that du'as from negative emotions are more accepted than du'as from positive emotions? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, du'as require sincerity. Nowhere does it say that your du'a will be accepted when you are only in the lowest and low of life. Replace worry with certainty, grief with love, and practice making du'a from this level of energy. It takes creativity from your mind to be able to do it, but it can be done. And in my opinion, it should be done. Only because the societal message that we usually get, and usually from traditional scholarship as well, is that you will find more connection with Allah when you are feeling low, downtrodden, and feeling beat. I have heard scholars say that there is an intense emotion behind dua when you are going through a collapse. And of course there is emotion behind that kind of a dua, because you are experiencing a discomfort, a negative, difficult emotion. And it is right, you do need intense emotions to escalate the power of your dua. But those intense emotions can be positive also. Consider making dua from serenity, appreciation, deep regard, and your prayers will be unprecedented, I promise you. This suggestion that you make better duas when you are in despair is a type of a colonized thinking from a victim mentality. A human brain is wired to find things wrong. It remembers negative emotions much better, and culture has made it mean that it is the only place to make dua from. Like a millionaire enjoying wealth cannot make dua until she loses a fortune in stocks. Maybe, just maybe, she can make dua in complete wonderment that she was able to create wealth from the will of Allah. Maybe she doesn't have to hear bad news to be in remembrance of Allah. Maybe she can just remember him in her walks, in her private gardens. Imagine that and practice it. This is life-changing, I promise. So at one level, we're trying to find alignment, trying to find thoughts and feelings that are in line with our actions of making dua with complete certainty. And we are saying that we can do it from positive emotions, not just with negative emotions. So can't alignment just come from positive emotions? Does it have to be always negative? Let's say you've been asking du'as from a place of fear, like a fear of hell, or being afraid that you'll never have a child, or being afraid of loneliness in the future. The answer is, of course you can. You can be in total alignment with negative emotions and make intense du'as. And this, like I said, is what is actually commonly taught. But you can also be in alignment with positive emotions. In cases like the example of fear I gave you, Admitting that your thinking is causing your fear, fear of poverty, loneliness, fear of a bad future, and then making dua from that place of fear is totally in alignment. Remembering my thinking is causing this fear, despair, anxiety, and the like, and I'm turning to Allah to take care of me in this situation. You can create negative emotions and create alignment to make the dua but keep the ownership of your emotions. You can be totally aligned in negative emotions 
and understand that you rely on Allah to take care of you. But what I am saying is that you can totally be aligned in positive emotions and make intense dua and be relying on Allah to take care of you. Allah SWT looks for sincerity of emotions. We are taught that sincerity in emotions can only be found when you're feeling uncomfortable emotions because they feel more intense somehow. But again, that is a cultural narrative. Try making dua from open, elevated emotions like gratitude, joy, and peace. You could be crying tears of joy when making dua. Yes, you might have found evidence that you are making more powerful dua when you are in a fight with your spouse and stressed and frustrated about the situation. You fall in sajda in dua because you want a blissful marriage. You are in prostration asking intensely for this to come true. And also understand and don't underestimate the power of dua that you make while you're feeling a deep connection with your spouse. Experiencing intense love and security and the bliss of your marriage can be a source of making dua. And trust you me, I know how intense and powerful duas are when you're feeling a negative emotion. It happens to me all the time. When I'm feeling stress, anxiety, fear, despair, like nothing can be solved and only Allah can rescue me, of course there is intensity. But again, all of this is taught from a limited place because all humans have a tendency to fixate on the negative more. That's our brain's natural wiring. But the growth here lies with the practice that you can replicate that intensity, that power, that serenity from more peaceful, joyful, positive emotions. So a simple formula is that make dua from positive emotional intensity three times more than you would from negative emotions. The ratio of three to one. Three times more the quantity of duas after you've tapped into positive rather than negative emotions. This three to one ratio will put you well in the trajectory of creating extreme depth of connection with Allah. And all while enjoying your experience. And trust me, you deserve that. And I hope the difference here is clear. Don't push against fear. Don't ignore that you're afraid and then be making dua. That what we just described is misalignment. You can acknowledge the fear and come clean with yourself. That way you at least have a chance of understanding that Allah is bigger than any fear, even if your brain is generating it. Make du'as from either positive or negative emotions. But increase your effort of making sincere du'a from positive emotions three times more. And then watch your life completely change, inshallah. When someone says to me, I really love that khushru, that peaceful connection in my prayer when I'm going through a hard time. I think to myself, they should really try this with other flavors, like the flavor of pleasure, pride, amusement. You can totally create khushur, the peaceful, deep, meaningful connection in your prayer from positive emotions. So I'll give you some more examples to create clarity around this subject and create more contrast. Like language in your head could be, you haven't found a nice guy to marry yet and you feel hopeless. Versus, I have so far have been saved from a toxic marriage. My studies are taking too long to finish. Versus, I'm taking my education at my pace. Or, I'm 60 years old and too ill to play with my grandchild. 
versus I'm alive to see my grandchild. All of these different contrasting thoughts will create different feelings. I want you to turn the ratio of du'as to 3 to 1. Three times more du'as from positive emotions for one du'a that you make from a negative emotion. So I challenge you to create intensity in your du'a from positive emotions. That is not a limitation put on us by Allah that we only have to ask Him when we are lacking something. We are encouraged to make constant du'a, constant remembrance. And please do it from experiencing life to the fullest. So an objection might arise, how am I supposed to do that when I'm in a really desperate situation? And I will say, even if you're in the most desperate of situations, making du'a with the thinking that you have the freedom of thought, you are able to think about your own thinking and feeling. You can separate yourself from your entire experience if you wanted, just by observing it. That is a gift of insight. Remembering that you at least have that gift at your disposal. And if nothing else, you have your thinking. In any situation, you can approach it by positive thinking. And sometimes you might not want to. And that's appropriate and okay. And I respect that. But I also acknowledge that there's always another side to the story that your brain hides from you. Try making du'a from the emotions of awe, wonderment, and certainty. What kind of thoughts it will take for you to create certainty behind your action of du'a? In a hadith reported by Abu Hurairah in Al-Tirmidhi, and the grade of this hadith is hasan, meaning fair, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Call upon Allah with certainty that he will answer you. Know that Allah will not answer the supplication of the heart that is unmindful and distracted. All we are asked to do is find clarity behind our internal environment. Find mindfulness. And you can do that by tracking what you're thinking. Find what that thinking is making you feel. And then make du'a from that alignment. <laughs> Since we always up-level your game in this podcast, see if you can make du'as from positive thinking and feeling and practice that over and over again. Stop listening to when people say about how moving of an experience they had while they were feeling extremely desperate. That's because that's all they've practiced their entire lives. You have my permission to ignore them. Or you can tell them about this podcast. <laughs> that might be a better choice. We can obtain significant connection from positive emotions. We just need emotional energy. It does not have to be desperate emotional energy. So some practical steps again as to how to do that. One way to uplevel your dua from positive emotions is to live your life by looking beyond the obstacles, not by just looking at them. Again, the brain hyperfocuses on what has gone wrong. Try and remind yourself how will things look when du'as are answered, when your troubles are over, when things are actually working out, and borrow those emotions. Borrow beliefs from the future self by asking, what would your life look like after this calamity is over? What would your future self say then? To harness that belief, that complete thought and feeling pair, that alignment, you have to envision yourself after the test in life is over. And for that, you have to step out of your fear and the resistance of the test. 
you have to accept it as neutral and you have to look beyond it. Our brains are programmed to create massive problems around little problems. If you've tapped into alignment of the future self that has come out of the test as a stronger person, you can borrow that gratitude and her belief system from the future and make Dora now. Plus, another way to tap into alignment is to look into your life where your du'as have already been answered. Gather evidence of what is possible, of what has been made possible by Allah in your life. This helps you set aside that fear that your lower brain is creating so that you can then make du'a from a genuine place. Scan your life and see what du'a that you made has already been answered. Sometimes as an exercise, I ask my clients, what are the top 10 things you want to make du'a for? And that list always contains the things they don't yet have. Then I ask them to include things in that list that they once made du'a for and, and they've already been granted that. So you alternate the list. List one thing that you want, that you actively making du'a for, and list the next thing that you once made du'a for and you've already been granted that du'a. Using this alternating method, list 10 things in your life. That will expand your ability for gratitude immensely. From this exercise, you will realize how much power of dua has already been manifested in your life. For all of these methods, of course, you have to gain the skill of basic emotional intelligence. If you don't know what's in your heart, it will be hard to visualize what lies beyond the obstacle. It will be hard to make a shift from negative to positive when you're not in tune with your body. Also, sometimes what happens is after we achieve what we want by hard work and showing up in life, Despite the discomfort, we have the tendency of forgetting that at some point we were making dua for this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all from this kind of forgetfulness. So this alignment with your thoughts and your feelings, which is your inward environment, is in line with your actions and behaviors, which is your outward environment. If you can't believe what you're making dua for, meaning your inward environment is not matching your outward environment, then your action of dua might be hollow. In this case, borrow the belief system from the future self and by looking at the duas that you've already been granted. There are multiple methods to do this, but these are the two that I want you guys to start with. Some more examples that you might find applicable are if you're being tested with infertility struggles, how would you act if you had a baby, if you adopted, if you never had a child? Could that somehow be better for you? How would you think and feel once this test is over? Find abundance and make dua from a future self. That self believes that everything is from Allah and this too shall pass and has passed. And you've carved your own way in life and you've found a way to be happy. Maybe it doesn't look exactly what you wanted, but you were able to get there. Ask for a righteous child from that place of abundance and openness you will be showing up much more aligned when you ask for dua from this energy compared to if you ask for it from a place of fear of what will happen if you never had a child. If you're struggling financially, what is the best case scenario? What happens when the problem solves itself and you have money and you're out of debt? What will you be thinking and feeling? Borrow those beliefs and ask for dua in the current moment. How would that situation have made you a better person, a stronger person? 
What were the gifts in that situation that you can now see looking back? Make du'a from the future self who is wiser for having been through this journey. If you care for elderly parents and they are hard on you, and your experience is lonely and isolating, imagine how would you act if they were gone? How would you act if they were of a healthy mind and body? There are so many possibilities that you can borrow from the future self. This is where you need to up-level your du'a from a half-baked, yes, I'm showing up with my actions, but my thinking is that I might as well give up because this is not going to be turning out in my favor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, answers du'as, and He answers it in many forms. Du'as don't go unanswered. That is His promise. I personally am not saying that du'as won't be answered if you're doing it from a half-baked place from my definition. That is not my call. If it's not answered in this life, it will be answered in the next. But what I am saying is that we have to do our part. We have to utilize the tools that Allah gave us to elevate our game, to improve how we show up, because that's all we have control over. Creating unrelenting conviction behind our du'as. That's in our control. Another very common objection I get is that I ask people to align themselves and they tell me they don't need to because they're asking Allah and He is the Almighty and He can answer any du'a. And I agree with that. Allah SWT is capable of everything that's beyond human comprehension. But this objection itself is a cop-out. This is an excuse for when you don't want to do the work. The work of having deep faith and having created unshakable belief, a belief that is unblemished. You have to put that work in to achieve that level of alignment and faith. Ask Allah while harboring fear and scarcity and despair is a cop-out. It's the lazy way. It's like saying, I don't want to do the work and then complaining that it didn't work. For me, I practice this in my daily life. And when I don't, I make sure that I come back to aligning myself before I make a du'a. And my biggest du'a is that I want to be the answer of other people's du'as. No matter your situation, I hope this message finds you. And I pray that I'm able to help someone out there with this work. I will keep you in my du'as and I ask you to do the same for me. Get coached if you don't know how to get out of your own way in creating mind-blowing du'as and having unblemished conviction behind them. You can schedule a free consult on my website. I will leave a link in the show notes. With that, I pray that O Allah, all merciful, that I'm able to remember all the wonderment of your miracles. From all of your capability, I ask for a small miracle for myself, that I become the answer to all of Muslim women's du'as. I pray from gratitude of all that you've granted me. I pray for strength so I can become an example for doing the impossible. From extreme joy, I ask that I'm able to share this knowledge with the masses with ease and flow and grace. O Allah SWT, grant Muslims a supreme understanding of this religion so they can then overcome any colonization or abusive power. Help me expand my mind so I don't limit your capability to answer my du'as. I leave with a gentle reminder saying that I will not limit Allah with my thinking.
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all of our du'as. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.